the gospel according to Matthew. Now Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, my daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus, Jesus did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting after us. Then Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It's not fair to take the children's food out of their hands and throw it to the, the little doggies, the puppies. She said, Yes, Lord, but even the little doggies eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, the Gospel of Matthew is always about the end, capital T, capital E, the end. And this scene between Jesus and the Canaanite woman, anonymous though she is, is no different. It is about the end of the world, because the end of the world is about the here and now. Matthew and Matthew's Jesus are thoroughly apocalyptic. But this doesn't mean what you think it means. It's about creation, not destruction. It's about God fully making a home here on earth, not the faithful departing it. Jesus gives a glimpse of the end so we can orient ourselves and our communities accordingly, not in fear, but in clear-eyed this woman came to Jesus in clear-eyed hope. Believe it or not, she is the first woman to speak in this gospel. She speaks loudly and unapologetically. She addresses Jesus in the formal language of worship, so she did her homework. And she is not silenced by opposition. In fact, she's bolder and shrewder. Lord, let us become like her. Lord, let us see women like her, as in the end, Jesus does. So Jesus stood and stands in a long line of faithful Jews who were thoroughly convinced that the world as it is now is utterly incompatible with the world as it will be. There is no gentle, progressive improvement that will get this world from where it is now to the world that God will bring at the end. God's project is not one of a minor tinkering, far from it. Only a radical recreation will do. This is what Jesus believed, and we see it in Matthew. I mean, only a radical recreation will do 
which will come with all manner of upheaval, including natural and political upheaval. This is quite a different view of the present, capital T, capital P, than our culture holds. The promised land is within reach. Our culture wants us to believe. That's what keeps us working the long hours and buying the new cars and not rocking the boat too much. Or it says, we had the promised land, but we lost it. And hence the blame game about who took prayer out of schools or when Fox News was invented. Either way, this is foolishness from the point of view of Jesus and his Jewish forebears. We are deluding ourselves if we think we had it and lost it, or if we think we might get it if we just work hard and stay on our best behavior. Both are as confused about the end as they are short-sighted about the present. This woman was clear about both, the present and the end. She reveals what it means to live in the present in a way that is faithful to the end. This is what integrity is for Matthew's Jesus, living in the present in a way that's faithful to the end. Integrity is radical and new. Integrity reveals the conflict between the present world and God's world at the end. Integrity is courageous and persistent. It's against the grain and sometimes rude about it, but ultimately full of love and hope. How else would you describe this woman? I mean, she knows, she must. The prejudice that is part of Jesus' culture. Jesus came into her territory, but as a Canaanite and a woman, she seemed to have understood she was stepping on to a Jewish man's turf. She seems to have expected no for an answer, and she came prepared to go home with a yes by asking Jesus to practice what he preached. In Matthew, Jesus uses two key metaphors for the end. The first is a meal, an abundant feast. The second is a sorting. It's clear that this woman has heard Jesus' teaching about the feast, if not also about the sorting. So I'll get back to the feast. Let's talk about the sorting first. Despite what we see in the movies, the word apocalypse means revealing, revealing. That's what this sorting is all about. God will reveal what was true all along. And that sorting will be on the, along the lines of integrity. Who lived with integrity? the sheep, the wheat, the good soil, and who lived in hypocrisy, the goats, the weeds, the not good soil. Again, integrity is not just a personal integrity. Who lived with integrity with respect to the end, God's new creation? Who was faithful to the end even while they lived in the present? The Gospel of Matthew points to many examples of integrity, including this pushy Canaanite woman. 
But the Pharisees, they're hypocrites. Jesus was quite specific on that point. They are all about image, the image of faithfulness without the heart of God. Wolves in sheep's clothing. It doesn't matter how many prayer breakfasts you attend or how high you hold up the Bible or what you do for an hour or so or on Sunday. Because look again at the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, that's what integrity looks like. See the cross? Integrity. Of course, be prepared to live with ambiguity. Because if you live as though you know who is living with integrity and who is a hypocrite, be prepared to be surprised. The way Jesus talks about it is that only God will do the sorting at the end. And all of this, by the way, is not bad news. It's part of the good news. In the present, living with integrity means being merciful and loving enemies. So anyway, back to this woman. She understood what Jesus was saying, maybe even better than Jesus did. Jesus said the end will be like a feast with great abundance. And we might misunderstand because our time and place and theirs is so different. In theirs, there was a, a hierarchy. Men, women, children, pet dogs, and street dogs. In that order. At many feasts, the men ate first, and the children, the women and children, got leftovers if there were any. The feast that Jesus describes was even greater and more abundant. Jesus said, even the pet dogs will be fed, though only after the children eat their fill, which implies the women and men have eaten too. So Jesus actually includes this Canaanite woman and her daughter, but what he says is, wait your turn. Maybe in the woman's response, we can hear echoes of the words of Martin Luther King Jr. Justice delayed is justice denied. Or, quote, I must confess that over the past few years I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's greatest stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice." End quote. What the woman said, in essence, was this. There are no terms. There is no line. Forget the hierarchy. Forget the first and the last. The only chosenness that matters is what you choose to do right now. When another human being cries out to you, choose my daughter. 
And Jesus said, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. In other words, that is indeed what living with integrity means. It is the more radical choice. You have revealed yourself in this present moment to be quite faithful to the end that God will bring. Now, because Jesus chose her daughter, you can trust that Jesus chooses you. Go and do likewise. Thanks be to God.